He saved us. He sent His only begotten Son. He's done marvelous, marvelous things. Before And so thankful that so many have come this morning. First Lord's Day that we've been back in the building since the hurricane. And it's great. We got power last week, our first part of the week. And so everything's great. And it's going to be wonderful. We're going to rebuild what Mother Nature has taken. And we're going to go forward. And that's what we're going to do. Before we begin our lesson this morning, let's pray together. Holy God and our most holy and loving Father in heaven above, please open our minds and our hearts to your word that we may glean from it those things that would draw us closer to you. Thankful for being here. Thankful for the great songs that we've sung. Thankful for remembering the cross. Thank you, dear God, for all things, for we know you are with us. Bless us as we study, for it's in Christ, your beloved Son, we pray. Amen. Amen. It's interesting, Jesus wrote one of his sermons that he taught. Y'all may not have, y'all will remember it when I get started, but you probably didn't realize that he did. Over in John, the Gospel of John chapter 8, interesting thing happened. Uh, if you back up to the latter part of chapter 7, he had been talking, and uh, someone said, he is the prophet. He is a prophet. He is the, uh, the Christ. And then uh, someone else spoke up, said, can anything good, this is the latter part of chapter 7, can anything good come from, has anything good come from Galilee? No. And then chapter 8 begins... Well, they all leave, went to their own place, and chapter 8 begins, and he, Jesus, went to the Mount of Olives. Early the next morning, he comes again to the temple. People begin to gather, and he sits down amongst them and begins to teach. While he's teaching, some of the scribes and Pharisees are dragging this woman. She you know, I, in your mind's eye, let your mind, imagination work a little bit. Read between the lines. They dragged this woman and put her in front of Jesus. And they make a statement. This woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. Without that, we've got a, we had an iPhone, we had a video, we have a video of it, Lord. She was caught, she is guilty. Now, the law of Moses says that she should be taken outside the camp and stoned. Now, they did this to see how he would respond. And he says, what do you say? He, I'm sure he stood up when they brought her in. What, what's going on? So kind of picture in your mind what's happening. He just stands there for a moment. You can imagine the, the woman, head bowed, crying, trying to cover herself in some measure of modesty that's all she could, weeping, and then they, her accusers, are vehemently saying 
she should be stoned. Moses says, she, what do you say, teacher? And he just calmly, I can just, you can just visualize it. He just calmly stoops down. And with his finger begins to write in the ground, on the ground, in the dirt there. We don't have any idea what he's writing, but he's writing something. Perhaps, perhaps he's writing the fact that Ecclesiastes, the great preacher, wrote in the last two verses of chapter 12 of Ecclesiastes. Let's hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For He, God, in that day will bring all things into judgment, whether they be good or evil. That's right. That's right. She's guilty. He's writing it. She's guilty. Maybe he's going to write what would later be penned by the Apostle Paul to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ to receive the things done in the body. That's it. That's it. Whether they be good or whether they be bad. Yes, he's got it. He's fixing to condemn her. We're going to stone her. I can just watch him. He's writing. What is he writing? She is standing before the great I am. Just as we all will stand before the great I am. On that day, when we either leave from this earth, Carrie and I got a call last night, it was about eight o'clock. Dear friends of ours that live over in Mississippi, Lamar and Mary Tomley, she said, Lamar came to me about five o'clock and said, I want some cornbread and milk for supper. And so she prepared it. He ate, got the coughing, couldn't, couldn't get over his cough. And anyway, he stood up and she went to the back to get him a washed off something to wipe his forehead. He went, she said, when I walked back in the living room, he was sitting in his recliner. And as I walked up to him, he slumped over. He died last night. When are we going to stand before God, the great I am? One day, and we don't know when that day, or, is it, or are we going to hear the trump of God, the voice of the archangel, and watch the dead in Christ rise first, and then we're going to want like we've never wanted before, that we'll be the ones to rise up next to go with the Lord. She is standing before the great I am, and he's writing, and we don't know what he's writing, and they're saying, yes, she's guilty. She's, are you going to stone her? Tell us to stone her. I mean, maybe he's writing, why do you want to judge her? Why do we want to judge one another? Perhaps he's writing what will later be wrote, written in Romans chapter 14, verse 10. Why do you judge one another? Why are you so contempt with one another? All of us. What's he writing in the dirt? We don't know. But he's writing something that we will all understand in that day. You remember when he spoke on the Sermon on the Mount, maybe he's reminding them. Chapter 7, verses 1 and 2, Judge not that you be not judged, for in the same manner in which you judge, you're going to be judged. Are you going to ju Do you judge people harshly? Stone them. They're guilty. Or do you judge them 
lightly with love and grace. The way you judge is going to be exactly the way that you are judged by the great I am. What was he writing? They keep on. They keep asking him over and over. Finally, he stands again. And I could see him looking. For you, if there's one of you, now he's got an audience, and then you can just see them. They're, they're kind of watching what's going to happen. And we've got it, there are the accusers there, the woman's there. She's crying, she's got her head bowed, she's in shame. And he's telling them, okay, okay, yeah, you're right. Moses said she should be stoned. I tell you what, the one of you, if there is one of you that's accusing her that does not have sin in their life, you cast the first stone. The rest of you can join in. But before you do, he said, I got something else I want to write. And he stoops down again and begins to write. Perhaps he wrote what we will later see that uh, the Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 3, verse 10. There's none righteous, no, not one. Verse 23, for all, all means all. That's all all means, doesn't it? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The one who's without sin, you cast the first stone, all have sinned. Maybe he wrote that what James will write in James chapter 2, verse 10. Oh, you who would keep the law, you're keeping the law, okay. If you are guilty in one point, you're guilty of all. It's as if you've broken all of them. Adam and Eve couldn't keep one. Don't eat of that one particular tree. You can do anything else in the garden, just don't eat of one tree. They couldn't keep it. What makes you think we could keep ten? Let alone when they completed the law, it was about 623 different commandments. But Jesus would say later, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself, and upon these two hang all the laws and the prophets. Can we do that? Nope. All have sinned and come short of the glory. Guilty of one, you're guilty of all. And then they watched, looked at that. They began to file out, didn't they? From the, from the eldest as he kept on writing, probably the younger ones was holding the woman because she's probably trying to get away, take some young bronx there to hang on to her. From the eldest all the way down to the youngest, they begin to leave. Maybe they heard the words when he rose up and he said, Woman, where are those who have accused you? They've gone, Lord. And before he announces the last sentence, perhaps he continued to write and say, later on, there's a man going to write a book called Ephesians. It's going to be chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, or 8 and 9, rather. He says, For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. You can't save yourself. It's going to be the gift of God, not of works lest any man would boast. 
He's going to say in verse 10 of the same chapter, For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for the works that He has prepared for us. Ah, what are we doing, brethren? We're working for the Lord, for it's by grace. It's not by the works we do. It's not by that law that we would want to keep, but it's by the grace that we would have us to live by. Romans chapter 11, verse 6 says, And if, if it's by grace, then it's not by works. If it was by works, then grace would no longer be grace. He said it's not by works. It is by grace that we're saved. And so he addresses the woman and he says, You're, neither do I condemn you. I'm going to save you by the grace. Go. Go and sin no more. Go and strive with all your heart to live a right full life in the presence of Lord God Almighty. But when you sin, I love 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, I would have that you would not sin. Go and sin no more. But if you do, when you do, you've got an advocate with the Father, the Son, Christ Jesus. This do in remembrance of me. We remembered him because he's our advocate. He's our lawyer with the great I am. And he rises up, helps her dry her tears, and tells her, Rebuild your life. Go and send them. Start from this point. I don't care what happened to you before. I don't care what you've done before. He said, go from this point forward and do that which is right in the sight of God. This morning, I don't know what your needs are. I don't know what you've done. God knows what's he's writing in the book. You see, whenever we stand before the great I am in that great judgment scene, if you read the end of the book of Revelations, he said, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And those whose names were not found in the book of life were cast into the lake of fire. That's the second death. Brethren, we want our names in the book, and it's only there by the grace that he offers in his son Christ. And if you've not reached out and helped on to that grace, then we have a song prepared for you. You can come forward. We'll assist you in every way to make certain that you can walk out these doors with the Lord saying, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Come as together we stand and as we sing.